Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health Podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Unfuck Your Health Podcast. Today, I have a solo episode coming out for you guys. I haven't done a solo episode in a while. We've had a lot of guest episodes on, and the guest episodes have been really, really cool, and they've been a lot of fun. Um, but I'm really excited to bring a another solo episode out to you guys. Um, but just a little bit of uh, full transparency here. I went to record this last night. So I released the podcast on Fridays. Um, I went to sit down and record this. I was running a little bit behind this week. Give me a break. Um, I went to record the podcast last night and I get a call from my now fiance. Oh yeah, I'm engaged now. How freaking cool is that? Um, it has been a while since I've done a, a solo episode. But I get a call and she's like, do you know there's a tornado outside? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I look outside and do you see the, or hear the tornado sirens and everything like that? So I was like, okay, we we'll probably shouldn't record a podcast right now. Um, not only do I, I will have my headphones on and can't hear anything else, um, but I'll also uh, <laughs> might lose internet. So we are recording it the day that we're releasing it. So <laughs> we're going to knock this episode out and it will be released here within the next hour. Um, so today we have a, a cool episode coming at you guys. Um, it's called Fat Loss Fundamentals is what I'm going to call it. It's a, a four-part fat loss fundamentals series that we're going to go over the key points of each one of these. Um, so I have it broken down into the pre-fat loss stage, fat loss, training, and accountability. These are the four fundamentals that you have to have in your fat loss plan to make sure that you achieve the result that you're looking for, that you lose the weight, keep it off, build the body that you want to, and are able to maintain these results long-term. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's really about. Um, a lot of programs, a lot of diets are based on fat loss, which is great. And all diets can work because all ca- diets create a calorie deficit either directly or indirectly. But at the end of the day, fat loss is two parts. It's losing the weight and keeping the weight off. So we need to make sure that we're actually setting ourselves up for success. So fat loss fundamentals. Um, I'm not going to dive super deep into each one of these. I'm going to go over the the main points for each of these, and I'll probably do an episode on each of the individual pieces inside of the fat loss fundamentals. Um, We would be here for an hour and a half, two hours if I went super deep into each one. So we're going to stay kind of surface level on these. Um, But I want you guys to be able to understand like when I'm coaching someone, these are the main things that we focus on when we're creating results. So in the pre-fat loss, this is this is the the stuff you need to have taken care of, the things you need to think about before you go in to try to lose weight to set yourself up for success again. So many diets focus on just the fat loss phase. They don't focus on the pre-fat loss. They don't focus on the maintenance afterwards. There's a lot missing. And that that's why I do what I do. That's why I have the program that I have. That's why I coach people because I want people to be able to lose weight, keep it off and stop struggling with fat loss. And at the end of the day, that's what my job is, is to help you never struggle with fat loss again is to never question yourself inside of fat loss, health, fitness again, to be able to create the result you want to. Because I know I've been there. You guys know my story. You know I've lost 100 pounds. You know how frustrating it can be when you you step on the scale and you're like, what the fuck? I feel like I'm doing everything right, but nothing's happening. This is the podcast I want you to be able to go to, to, to know I'm on the right track and doing the right things. So 
before we get into a fat loss phase, we have to take care of the inner game stuff. These are things like your relationship with food, binge eating, emotional eating, self-sabotage, and identity. These are the things you actually struggle with. You hear me preach this all the time on this podcast. You hear me talk about the inner game all the time because it is so fucking important. This is where you struggle. A lot of people point to your hormones or your metabolism or the you're doing the wrong diet or the wrong training plan. You're not doing enough cardio and like that's not it. Those are not the reasons you're struggling with. Those are surface level things. This is the deep shit. This is where you're struggling. This is why you're struggling. You can't out diet a bad relationship with food. You can't keto yourself in, or into not binging. You can't paleo yourself into not sabotaging yourself. You can't do Octavia and hope that you have the identity to not fuck it up. You have to take care of these things first and foremost, and it becomes building awareness around these first. Once you build awareness around these first, you can then start to take actionable steps on how to rectify these. Um, again, I'm not going to dive super deep into each one of these. I've talked about these so many times before. So I have podcasts on identity. I have podcasts on self-sabotage, binge eating, emotional eating, relationship with food. I have individual podcasts on all of those. But before you go into a fat loss phase, you need to make sure that these things are taken care of. Again, hormones and metabolism are, are really, really popular to blame right now. And unfortunately, like I wish I could tell you that it was as easy as like you just need to reverse diet and fix your metabolism. That's bullshit. That's not a real thing. You can't actually do that. And, and that's a, something that I once believed on my fitness journey when I first started coaching that you could do. Um, I'm actually going to have uh, hopefully either have a guest on or do a, a, an episode. Sorry, I just hit the mic. Um, do an episode on why reverse dieting isn't actually real, isn't actually legit like we once thought it was. Because there was a time where I thought it was. That's a tangent for a whole nother day. But what I'm saying is you don't need to take time not dieting to fix your metabolism, but you do need to take time at maintenance or not dieting to work on the inner game stuff. Because if you work on the inner game stuff, if you go into a fat loss phase and you have a good relationship with food, you have binge eating and emotional eating under control, you are not self-sabotaging and you know the triggers are self-sabotage, you know where to look for self-sabotage, you know when it's happening and how to overcome self-sabotage, you, you know that your identity, your current identity is matching your current goals and your current identity isn't holding you back. If you can go into a fat loss phase knowing those things, holy shit, that fat loss phase is going to be so much easier because at the end of the day, then it really is just getting into a calorie deficit and staying in a calorie deficit. But those things make it impossible for you to stay consistent if you are struggling with them. If you're struggling in your relationship with food, it's going to be really, really hard to stay consistent. If you're struggling with binge eating and emotional eating, it's going to be really hard to stay consistent. If you're struggling with self-sabotage or identity, it's going to be really hard to stay consistent. At the end of the day, it comes down to a game of how can we reduce friction to increase consistency? I wish that there were these magic things that I could tell you to fix your metabolism and your hormones that would make fat loss easier. It comes down to if you're not in a calorie deficit, it's because you or you're not losing weight. It's because you're not in a calorie deficit or you're not consistently in a calorie deficit. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to 99% of the time. I'm not saying that hormones and metabolism don't play a role, but they don't play as big of a role as people like to make it seem. 
because those are sexy things to point out. It's not sexy to say, well, you're not being consistent enough. Well, you're not actually in a calorie deficit. Well, well you think you're in a calorie deficit, but you're, you're eating 1200 calories Monday through Thursday, but then you're binging on the weekends and you're taking yourself out of that deficit or even putting yourself in a surplus. So that's why you think you're gaining weight on 1200 calories. Again, I said I wasn't going to dive super deep on these. Um, I've already dive, dove a little bit deeper than I planned on. Um, so inside of the pre-fat loss part of the fat loss fundamentals, I've also put down setting non-negotiables. I think going into a fat loss phase, you have to set some non-negotiables for yourself. And some of my favorite ones are, and just for those of you who don't know, a non-negotiable is something that you're going to do no matter what else is going on in your life. So um, these are the, so I like to think about this as like a process versus an outcome focused goal. An outcome focused goal is I want to lose weight. And that's super important to have because you know what direction you want to head in. So I think if you know what direction you want to head in, sorry, my cat was meowing. Um, if you know what direction you want to head in, you can then create the process to get there. So the process to get there is to be in a calorie deficit. So you need to hit your calorie goal. You need to hit a protein goal. You need to be moving. You need to be lifting weights. You need to be sleeping eight hours a night. So setting non-negotiables for yourself, set process-focused non-negotiables. Process-focused non-negotiables are things that you're going to do to get to that outcome. But if we just focus on that outcome, if you just focus on that fat loss, when you don't lose or when the scale goes up one day, because it's, it's going to go up and down, that is a very normal thing. If the scale spikes one day, you're going to be like, oh my God, I failed because you're only focused on the outcome. But if you just focus on the process, it comes down to checking those boxes every single day. Did I hit my calorie goal? Check. Did I hit my protein goal? Check. Did I go for my walk? Check. Did I work out? Check. Now you do those every single day and it's not your your success isn't tied to the outcome, it's tied to the process. If it's tied to the process, it's just a matter of time if you're checking those boxes every single day. And a little hint, checking those boxes is the perfect way to make sure that your identity is aligning with your current goals. Sorry, my cat is meowing all over the place in here. She is very upset at me. Um, but I think that making sure that it is a process-focused event rather than an outcome-focused event, if you can do that, you're setting yourself up for success. So some of my favorite non-negotiables are hit a calorie range or a calorie goal. Um, when, I, when I say a calorie goal, it's usually plus or minus 100 on both sides. The number I give, so like if, you're, if your goal is 1,800, it's I want you to hit uh, – 100 below or 100 above. So I want you to hit 17 or 1900. I want you to hit in between that just falls on 1800. I want you to hit a, a protein range or a protein goal. Same thing, 10 grams up or down. I want you to have a movement goal. And I think this one's important because especially if you're starting out brand new and you're doing absolutely nothing right now, you don't want to set yourself up for, well, you should do 60 minutes of walking every single day or go hit 10,000 steps when you're only hitting 3000 steps a day. I want you to start easy. I want you to start really, really like you should feel when you first start that this is too easy and that's okay because usually when you start, you start out and you try to hit your steps, hit your protein, hit your water, sleep eight hours a night, go to the gym five times a week, hit your calories, track carbs and fats. You try to do everything at once and it becomes overwhelming and you fall off and you struggle. So I want you to start small, start very, very low. 
and just slowly start checking these boxes off because the reason that you struggle to reach your goal is because you constantly are stopping and starting. If you just slowly move in the right direction every single day, you're eventually going to get there. And you can start taking bigger steps later down the road, but start taking small steps now and you're going to, again, start checking those boxes, building momentum, furthering that identity. You're going to start moving in the right direction. And once you do that, once you build some momentum, you're like, holy shit, this is actually, I enjoy checking these boxes. I get that dopamine rush from checking these boxes. It feels really good to prove to myself that I can do this. And every time you do that, it's a vote for that new identity. It's a vote for that new you. And you can prove to yourself that you can do it this time. You're not going to fall off this time. So I think setting non-negotiables is really important. And the last thing I have here is if nothing changes, nothing changes. When we go into a fat loss phase, we have to ask ourselves a couple questions. We have to ask ourselves, what are we willing to sacrifice? What habits are we willing to change? And what habits are we willing to form? And when, when I ask about sacrifices, it always has a negative connotation to it. But sacrifices doesn't have to be negative. It can be I'm willing to sacrifice some time to go to the gym. I'm willing to sacrifice some time to meal prep. I'm willing to sacrifice the extra hour of Netflix to go get a walk-in or to go to the gym or to do whatever. Sacrifice doesn't always have to be negative. It doesn't have to be restrictive. It's showing where your priorities are at. If you're at a point where you're not willing to change anything or sacrifice anything or build any new habits, then you might not be at a time where you want to lose fat or you're ready to lose fat. And that's okay. You just have to be honest with yourself about those things. So you have to ask yourself, like, am I willing to form the habit to meal prep? Am I willing to start to form the habit to go to the gym? Am I willing to maybe set some boundaries for myself that I'm only going to eat out twice a month or that I'm only going to drink once a month or that maybe maybe a boundary that you have or or something that you're setting for yourself is I go out to um, ice cream with my daughter every single Friday and that's not something you're willing to give up awesome. We need to know that going into a fat loss phase so that we can plan around it. Because again, at the end of the day, it comes down to sustainability and consistency. If that is something that you do and you enjoy doing and you don't want to give it up, awesome. Let's learn how to plan around it. Again, sacrifices, boundaries, these things don't have to be negative. They are just setting up where you're going to say yes to things, where you're going to say no to things. For some people, saying yes to some things is a win. For some people, saying no to some things is a win. We just have to figure out where you're at. And it all comes down to that awareness piece and understanding, again, where you're at, where you want to be, and what steps you need to take to get there. If you are unwilling to sacrifice drinking every single night, well, maybe you're not ready to go into a fat loss phase right now. But if you're like, hey, you know what? I can cut back to one a week. Or like, hey, if I if we go out to happy hour with the uh, with the with our work, I'll have one drink or two drinks, but you're setting a boundary for yourself and you're respecting those boundaries. And, and we can have a whole nother conversation. Um, and I, I will have to do an entire another podcast just on the pre fat loss part of all this because there's so much to go into. Um, we can talk about setting boundaries and respecting your boundaries, the self-respect and the self-value that you place on those things. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to making sure that you have the inner game in check making sure that you're setting non-negotiables for yourself and making sure that you know what you're willing to sacrifice, what boundaries you're willing to put up, what habits you're willing to form or what habits you're willing to change. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. That is part one of the fat loss fundamentals. That is the pre-fat loss part of this. The next part we go into is the fat loss part. So we have to ask ourselves here, 
is what we're going to do is the way that we're going to create fat loss going to be sustainable, allow us to be consistent, and actually enjoyable for us. So I think a lot of people, when they, when they think of this stuff, because all, again, all diets can work. Intermittent fasting, Whole30, Paleo, Octavia, Noom, Weight Watchers, tracking calories, which I don't really consider a diet, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. All of these things can work. It comes down to, can you see yourself eating that way for the rest of your life? And most of the time, these fad diets, the answer is no. You're not going to eat keto for the rest of your life because you actually enjoy carbs. You're not going to eat carnivore forever because you actually enjoy carbs. You're not going to eat on on Octavia or Noom forever because you actually enjoy eating. You don't want to eat a really low-calorie diet. So it has to come down to, can I see myself doing this forever? Because at the end of the day, if you can't see yourself doing this long-term, the way that you created that fat loss is not going to be sustainable. You have to be able to create fat loss the same way that you plan to maintain that fat loss. Otherwise, you're going to go back to those same habits. So for example, if you do keto and you cut out carbs, you're going to lose weight, almost guaranteed you're going to lose some weight. But on the other side of that, are you going to be able to maintain that weight loss? Are you going to cut carbs out forever? Probably not because you enjoy them. So when you add those carbs back in, you didn't learn anything. You didn't change anything. No habits were changed. Nothing changed for you. You're going to just gain that weight back, not because carbs are bad, but because you just added in a bunch of extra calories. So we have to ask ourselves these questions and figure out, is what we're doing going to be sustainable, enjoyable, and allow us to be consistent long-term? And it's going to come down to to this, um, the hierarchy of fat loss. So when we look at the hierarchy of fat loss, it's it's what's most important to what's least important when it comes to um, our, our fat loss goals. So number one is going to be calories. It's going to come down to calories in versus calories out. At the end of the day, every diet works by either creating a calorie deficit directly or indirectly. So we have to decide, is what we're doing going to be sustainable? And it's going to allow us to create a calorie deficit that we can stick to consistently. So again, for example, if you use keto, it's going to create a calorie deficit by cutting carbs. If you do intermittent fasting, you're cutting your eating window. So it's indirectly cutting your calories. So again, we just have to ask ourselves these things and know the the basic underlying principles of why this is happening. We're losing weight, not because we're not spiking our insulin because of intermittent fasting, because that's still not true, or because carbs are bad, because that's still not true. It's because we created a calorie deficit. And that's why I teach my clients to track calories, because essentially, I don't think tracking calories is, is necessarily a diet. I think of it more as of understanding your budget. You know how many calories you have coming in, you know how many calories you have um, to play with, and you know what that budget looks like. So if you want to lose weight, you know how many calories you need to save. If you want to gain weight, you know how many calories you need to add in. It's just understanding your budget and you can have anything you want for the most part inside of inside of that budget. We just have to understand what that budget is first and foremost. So a lot of people view tracking calories as restrictive, but if you do it the right way, it's not. It creates food freedom for yourself because anything can be negative or restrictive with the wrong mindset. So you have to go in with the mindset that I'm going to use this to create food freedom. I'm going to use this to build this for myself and to allow myself to have a good relationship with food and maintain my good relationship with food. I'm going to have this track calories so that I know that I'm reaching my goal because I understand what my budget is and I understand 
that if I want to lose this much weight, I need to save this much in my budget to get there. And you can quantify that and see that. And it's really easy data to track. And it's, it's really, really beneficial. Again, tracking calories is understanding your budget. If you want to be able to intuitively eat, which is where most people want to be. Most people don't want to be doing a specific diet forever. You can only intuitively eat if you have the awareness and the understanding of the food that you're consuming. And I think another really important part of this um, is having a an eating structure that you can stick to. And, and what I mean by that is a, a basic meal structure. So you have um, like your breakfast at around this time. You have lunch at around this time. You have meal three at around this time. You have meal four at around this time. You have these staple foods that you eat most of the time. You can move those around. You can change those in different areas. So for example, my like staple foods, my protein sources are uh, chicken, turkey, lunch meat, uh, salmon, uh, tilapia, shrimp, um, and beef. Those are the main protein sources that I have. And then my main carb sources are potatoes. Um, there's multiple different kinds of potatoes, rice, pasta, wraps, and bread for like sandwiches or, or breakfast. And then I can rotate those in and out and I can change and have uh, chicken pasta or I can have shrimp pasta or I can have beef pasta. I can have all of these different things with those same main ingredients. So we have these core foods and these core foods and eating this similar structure allows you the flexibility and freedom to enjoy the donut that someone brings into the office without feeling guilty. It allows you the flexibility and freedom in your life to eat the foods you actually enjoy eating. Second on the hierarchy is going to be your protein. Protein is the most important macronutrient when it comes to fat loss. So making sure that you're getting that in is is beyond important. Um, it, it helps keep you full longer. It helps maintain and build muscle mass while you're in a deficit, which the body you want has more muscle mass than you think, I promise. Um, but it also is going to help burn a few more calories through the thermic effect of feedings, which is how many calories you burn just digesting and absorbing that food. Um, and it's going to help keep you full longer. I, I don't think I said that one already, but either way, protein is the next up on that hierarchy list. So making sure that you're doing that. So something like intermittent fasting might be really hard to get all of your protein in during that eating window. So again, we have to look at what is the hierarchy? What is the most important things? Yes calories are the most important and that can help you with that, but it's the second most important thing. It's going to make you struggle a little bit. So you have to just kind of weigh those options for yourself. But I, I reiterate again, the body you want has a lot more muscle mass than you actually think it does. So making sure that you maintain the muscle mass you have is going to be really, really important. But also there's so many other reasons to make sure you have muscle mass around, which we'll get to here in the next section. Um, the next one is going to be fiber, fruits, veggies. Fiber is extremely important. It's one of the most beneficial things for your overall health. Um, helps you reduce reduce the risk of multiple kinds of cancer. It helps improve your gut health. It helps um, improve your bowel movements. It helps to do all of these things. Plus, it helps keep you full in a deficit. Fruits and veggies are very micronutrient dense. They're going to help keep you full. They're they're very high volume foods. You can eat a lot of them for not a ton of calories. 
And then last up on the hierarchy is going to be your carbs and fats. Your ratio between carbs and fats really doesn't matter. So you can have either a higher carb or a lower carb or a moderate carb, moderate fat approach. It really comes down to like what your preference is. And I generally don't have clients track this. Um, I don't think I have any clients right now, even my power lifters that track carbs and fats because the ratio just doesn't matter enough. Um, so when it comes to body composition goals, you can have whatever your preference is. And it allows you some more flexibility and freedom to not have to think about those carbs and fats. You just think about calories and your protein and you're good to go. It's one or two less things you have to think about. And it allows you to eat towards your preferences a little bit more. So. When we are going into a fat loss phase, these are the things we need to think about. Is what I'm doing going to allow me to stay consistent and sustainable long term? Do I actually enjoy what I'm doing? And when the diet is done, do I still see myself eating this way? If you can't answer yes to that, you're going to struggle to keep the weight off. That is why 95% of dieters struggle to maintain their weight loss long term is because they don't take these things into consideration. So don't lose the weight to just gain it back because that is a that is such a stressor mentally to lose weight and gain weight and lose weight and gain weight. It's not going to break your metabolism, but it is going to it is going to to be really really hard psychologically to constantly be going back and forth. It's going to make every other diet you do harder because you're constantly going back and forth. You're you're negatively reinforcing that identity instead of positively reinforcing that identity by checking those boxes off. So make sure that you answer those questions before you go into a fat loss phase. Next up on the list is we have the training section. This is the training part of the fat loss fundamentals. Um so again, I've said this twice already, but the body you want has significantly more muscle mass than you think. The toned look that you're going for is muscle mass. All toned mean is that you have enough muscle mass and a low enough body fat percentage to actually see that muscle definition. But the people who have that toned look have a ton of muscle mass. So make sure that you're taking time to lift at least two to three times a week, up to five times a week. It really depends on where you're at and what you can consistently stick to. Um, but a couple other reasons that you might want to have muscle mass around, it improves your metabolism very slightly, but every pound of muscle mass you have increases how many calories you burn on a daily basis. Um, there are also so many reasons outside of just muscle mass that you should be lifting weights. It helps improve anxiety and depression. It helps improve your brain health, your cardiovascular function, your bone density, reduce the risk of injury. If you fall, if you want to get off the toilet by yourself when you're 70 years old, the difference between someone who lifts and someone who doesn't lift is the person who lifts can take care of themselves well into their older age, while the person who doesn't lift struggles to take care of themselves after they turn 50, 60, 70. They have, to have, they have to rely on other people. They can't do things. Muscle mass allows you to not only have the body that you want to, you have to build that body, but it also allows you to live the life that you want to and do the things you want to without feeling like you can't. If you want to go climb a mountain, you can do that because you have muscle mass. If you want to go hike along the, the ocean, you can do that. All of these things that you want to do in your life, having muscle mass is going to make them significantly easier to do. And having muscle mass is like a status symbol because it takes time and dedication and hard work to build. And it is something that that 
in and of itself makes you so much healthier. It improves your health tenfold. So take time building muscle. Even if you don't think that you want muscle mass or that you want to build muscle or get bigger, there's so many other reasons why you should be training. Um, But for fat loss, again, it comes down to if you are losing weight, we want to turn that weight loss to fat loss. And the way we do that is by building muscle and maintaining the current muscle mass we have around. We're going to do that by lifting heavy weights, heavy's relative to you, not to me, lifting heavy weights and eating your protein. If you can do those things while you're losing weight, you're going to shift that from losing muscle mass because weight loss is losing everything. It's muscle mass, fat mass, lean tissue. You're just losing scale weight. We want to shift that paradigm from weight loss to losing fat mass as much as that as much as we can. We want to shift the percentage of fat mass that we're losing as high as we possibly can. That is also going to make it significantly easier and faster for you to get to your goal if you are lifting and making sure it's fat mass versus muscle mass. Trust me, I have been 300 plus pounds. I've also been skinny fat. Neither one of them are fun. Neither one of them feels good. Neither one of them, you look in the mirror and you're happy with what you see. So take the time to to build muscle and enjoy it. And again, even if it has nothing to do with you wanting to build muscle, do it for all of the health benefits that come along with it. So here I want to talk about the hierarchy of training. So number one is going to come down to consistency. It's going to come down to, are you doing something that you enjoy and can sustain long-term? Now, this is where I think lifting weights at least two to three times a week is important for everyone. You can go in there for 30 to 60 minutes, two to three times a week and do that. You have the time. I promise you that you do. If you don't have the time, then we need to take an audit and figure out where you are giving your time to and and take time to actually do this for yourself. Do this for your kids. Do this for your family. Do this for your health. Do this so that you can play with your grandkids or your kids on the floor and not feel like, oh my gosh, I'm too tired to keep up or I can't get up off the floor. Um, Do this for them. Do this for the life that you want to live. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't go enjoy the classes or or the, the group stuff. Like Go enjoy that stuff, but you still should be because that's not ideal for building muscle mass. If you enjoy it because it gets you moving and it gets you in, in a healthy environment around healthy people, like great. I fucking love that. Go do it. But at the end of the day, you still need to spend dedicated time building muscle mass and, and lifting weights. So what can you do consistently and what can you enjoy? How many days per week is going to be completely individual up to you? Um, next up on the list is going to be volume and intensity. You can think of these as like dials. Um, the, the more that you turn the intensity dial, the closer you train to failure, the more you can turn down the volume dial. The more that you turn up the volume dial, the less intense you have to train. So you can kind of pick where you enjoy. I personally am going to point you to train a little bit harder with a little bit less volume. So the volume recommendation should be somewhere between six and 15 sets per muscle group per week. And your intensity should be somewhere between zero and two reps in reserve. So zero and two reps away from failure. If you're training there, you are going to set yourself up for success. And the next thing we have on the list is progressive overload. Um, The easy way to think about this is over time, you need to be doing more. You need to be lifting more weights for more reps. Um, You need to be doing a little bit more. There has to be some sort of progression model in this. And if you have a good program, progressive overload should be built into it. Um, It's not something you necessarily have to try for. Um, But again, if you don't have a great program, if you don't know what you're doing, the goal is if you did 60 for 10 reps, you want to do 65 for 10 reps the next time. 
is a very simple, simplified way to think about it, but you want to be doing a little bit more. There's a ton of ways for progressive overload as well that don't have to just be doing more weight or doing more reps. You can have better control, better technique, better tempo. You can utilize pauses. You can utilize intensifiers. There's a lot of other things that you can progressively overload, um, but at the end of the day, weight and reps are really easy ones to say, am, am over, over the course of this year or this month, am I lifting more reps or more weight? Am I doing a little bit more? Your total volume is going to be sets times reps times weight. Is that number going up over time? And then if you can answer that question, yes, then you're on the right track. Um, the next is going to be recovery. So the way that we make progress in the gym is you go into the gym with a baseline, you apply a stimulus. That, that baseline comes down, you're lifting weights, you then go home and you eat, sleep, recover, that baseline comes back up. If the stimulus was enough and you recovered well enough, then that baseline will go up and then you're going to see this trend line going up and making progress over time. Now, if you go into the gym and you just absolutely fucking annihilate yourself, no matter how much, how good your recovery is, you're not going to have enough recovery capabilities to actually improve and to recover from that. Um, so we need to make sure that that part is taken care of. Now, if you go into the gym and you, your nutrition sucks or your sleep sucks or your hydration sucks, like no matter how good the stimulus is, you're not going to have enough of those recovery capabilities to recover from that exercise. So we need to make sure that the balance between, um, what you're doing in the gym and your recovery is enough. Um, next is going to be your exercise selection. We need to choose exercises that fit your structure, that fit your goals. Exercise selection is very goal dominant. So if you have a goal of improving strength, we're going to pick exercises to help you improve your strength in those specific exercises. If your goal is hypertrophy, we're going to have you pick exercises that are probably a little bit more stable because that's going to be one of the key components of creating hypertrophy is external stability. So you can target that musculature that you're actually looking to target. So exercise selection is going to be very goal dependent. Um, that's why it's higher on the list. Um, it's, it's important, but not the most important. And then the last thing on the top of the pyramid is going to be rest periods, frequency, and periodization. Um, periodization is just going to be the manipulation of training variables over time to elicit a specific goal. Again, if you have a good program, it should be built into it. If your goal is hypertrophy, periodization doesn't matter all that much. Um, but at the end of the day, your program should have that built into it. So it's not something you should necessarily have to think about. Um, but it's just manipulating training, variable, training variables over time to elicit specific goals. Um, so like taking a deload week is a form of periodization where you're dropping some fatigue because it's going to allow you to build that fitness level back up. Um, frequency is how many times per week you're lifting specific muscle groups. Um, in the research, as long as volume is equated, which is the second thing on this list, then it doesn't really matter how often you're hitting specific muscle groups as long as volume's equated. That's the biggest indicator of growth. Um, and then your rest periods. Rest long enough that you can give a sufficient effort to that next set. If you're lifting really light weights for really high reps, you might not need to rest as long as you're lifting super heavy weights um, for, for a few reps. Because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how long do you need to rest? What's your recovery capability? What's your HRV, your heart rate variability? What are all of these things? when are you going to feel comfortable to give a solid effort to that next set? Generally, that's going to be somewhere between 60 seconds and two minutes for most people, for me and my power lifters. Um, sometimes that is three to five minutes. The, the harder you train, the heavier you train, 
your rest periods are going to be longer up to about five minutes. Um, but again, rest periods are one of the least important things you need to worry about. That is why it's on the top of the pyramid. Um, and then accountability is going to be the last part of the fat loss fundamentals. This is the fourth part of the fat loss fundamental series. So accountability, we only have so much internal accountability. I wish that we, you could rely on discipline and willpower and all of this stuff that people preach and like, that'd be great, but it's just not like that. It, it, unfortunately, even David Goggins, like he does this for a living. He does this for a career. That's why he has that. He has other motivation, other reasons. Um, and the dude's just crazy, but none of us are David Goggins. That dude is a psycho. Um, love the dude, but he's crazy. We need that external accountability. We need that support. We need the person to lean on when we're struggling on those hard days, that person to talk to, that accountability to make sure that we're doing the things that we said we're going to do. Um, again, we only have so much internal accountability. Um, and at the end of the day, every decision you make, every time you're using willpower, it's not an endless supply. Every time you have that willpower of like, I'm going to pass up on the donut, I'm going to pass up on the cookie, you're using some of your willpower stores. And eventually you're going to deplete that. And if you don't have that external accountability, if you don't have that person to lean on, that support, that's going to be a day that you struggle. And that is going to be a day where when you struggle, you're more likely to fall off, especially if you don't have that external accountability. We have to have something. An external accountability can be a coach. It can be a friend at the gym. It can be a social media. I think that's a super powerful one. It's like posting your journey on social media and like you're you're held accountable to all the people who are following along with your journey. This is something that I did for a while is I posted about my progress. I posted about what I was doing and people were invested. People were commenting. People were liking. People were like, oh, what's going on? How, how are you doing? Um, your journey's inspiring. Like that shit's like knowing that you're out there and someone's watching you is going to help you stay a little bit more consistent. You don't get extra points for doing this shit alone. You, you don't. I'm going to say that one more time. You don't get extra points for doing this shit alone. It only makes your life significantly harder to try to do this alone. You're, you're moving slower. You're questioning yourself. Um, even me as a coach, I have a coach because I don't want to have to go to the gym and think about what am I going to do or write my program. I don't want to have to think about how much should I eat? What should I eat? Like, I don't want to have to think about these things because the more that I have to think about them, the more that I have to make these decisions for myself, I run into this decision fatigue. And it's like, oh, well, I can either, I either will push myself too hard or I'll give myself too much grace because I have, I don't have that external accountability if I don't have a coach. If I'm just relying on me, you either think you're either in one of two camps. You think that you can do way more than you actually need to, or you're like, oh, I'm going to give myself a little bit of grace. Oh, I'm going to give myself a little bit of grace. And you're like, oh, well, I'm actually not making any progress. If anything, I'm going backwards. Um, Cause again, at the end of the day, you just, you don't get extra points for doing this shit alone. It's not a badge of honor to do this stuff alone. Um, it just makes your life harder and makes your results slower and makes it so you're less likely to actually get where you're going. The best thing that you can do is find someone who has created the result that you want to or helps people create the result you want to and have them as your external accountability. Have them as the person who is helping you get to your goal because not only have they done it, but they also help people do it. That is why coaching is such an underrated and important piece. And that's why the people who have coaches have significantly higher success rates than the people that don't have coaches. It's... I, I care about my clients a lot and I love my clients and they're amazing people, but 
the reason that they have so much success is because they have a an unbiased third party, I guess second party, on what decisions need to be made. We take the emotion out of it and we make logical decisions. We help you make logical decisions because there's again, there's going to be days where you wake up and the scale is going to be a little bit higher and you're freaking out because again, I know this because I've been there. I step on the scale and it's like, oh fuck, it's it's a pound or two higher than what I what I was yesterday. Like you have that, no matter where you're at, you might have that little internal freak out and you have to have someone on those days, in those moments, bring you back down to earth and not let you spiral. I'm going to say it one more time. You don't get extra points for doing this shit alone. You don't have a badge of honor for doing this shit alone. You're just slowing down your results and making it harder on yourself. I hope you guys got a lot out of that. Again, I will probably do a individual podcast on each of those. I know I went a little bit longer. I went about 10 minutes over where I planned on going um, just because I'm so passionate about this stuff. Like I I do believe in this stuff so much because I've seen it work not only for myself, I've seen it work for hundreds of my clients. Um, Again, the pre-fat or the fat loss fundamentals is the pre-fat loss, which is the inner game stuff, setting non-negotiables. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. Um, The next part is the fat loss phase, making sure that what we're doing is sustainable, enjoyable, and we can stay consistent with it. And then making sure that we're taking the hierarchy into account. Training is the hierarchy and knowing that the body you want has more muscle mass than you actually think it does. And there are so many other reasons, other health benefits as to why you should be training. And then the last one is going to be making sure that you have some form of accountability because that is going to expedite your results and make sure that you actually get where you want to go without struggling. The goal of this podcast is to help you guys never struggle with fat loss again, is to never question what you're doing and to know that you're on the right path to reach your goals. Hope you guys, again, got a ton out of that. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Unfuck Your Health podcast. I will see you guys on the next episode. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, I'd love it if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast.